I'll introduce ourselves in hopes that you'll get to know us a little bit and maybe, maybe uh, as I tell a few stories and, and you know, share a few things that we've learned throughout our lives that it'll, it'll mean a little bit more. Uh, my wife and I met at UVSC, UVU, Utah Valley University. Uh, we got married shortly thereafter, after I begged and begged and begged, and she finally said yes, um, and I was relentless. And um, she had many other options, and I had none. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very, very thankful. We have five children. Uh, our oldest is 16 years old, and our youngest, little Gwen, is 15 months old, and she is the favorite today. Um, we also have little Mason, Zach, and we adopted a little girl named Hallie. Uh, I was taught by goodly parents. My mom was born and raised in Richland, Washington, and my father was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. I am grateful to parents who were hard workers and had the patience to teach me the gospel and to teach me how to work. When I was a young boy, around 10 years old, my father had a priest-aged young man named Doug Foote work with my older brother, Tyler, and I throughout the summer. Our first project was to stain the fence that surrounded our property. It was a large backyard and a long line of wood fence, and I was not thrilled to get started. We bought the stain, the brushes, and began the project. We spent hours and hours staining the wood planks. We were hungry, thirsty, hot, and I wanted to quit. Each night as the work finished, I had the task of gathering the brushes to be cleaned and ready for the next day of work. It took us the entire week to stain and to finish the fence planks. When we finished, we approached my father. With excitement showing him all the hard work we had done, we walked the fence, he walked the fence line with us, pointing out the mistakes and places we had missed. Then he said, any job is worth doing well. Now do the other side. We had stained the inside of the fence, but on the outside we had forgot to stain on the way that faced the neighbors. After another week of hard work in the summer heat, we finished and I looked around the yard as I was filled with the realization that I can do hard things. I proved to myself, my brother, my dad, and even Doug Foote, that I was not going to quit, that I could be disciplined, strong, productive, and determined. In October 1986, Elder J L. Tom Perry taught that one of the greatest challenges of life for parents from the very beginning has been succeeding in the very important task of rearing children. This great responsibility seems destined to bring the greatest joys and some of the greatest sorrows life has in store for us here in mortality. Each child, of course, is different, and what works for one may not elicit the correct response from another. However, I believe the second only to ensuring that every child receives an understanding of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is teaching them the joy of honest labor. From the beginning, the Lord commanded Adam to till the earth and have dominion over the beasts of the field, to eat his bread by the sweat of his brow. Work is a blessing from God. It is a fundamental principle, both spiritual and temporal. Note carefully the words, cursed shall be the ground for thy sake, as we read in Moses chapter 4, verse 23. That is for his good or benefit. The intense commitment to work has become a Latter-day Saint trademark. In this commitment, our prophets have led by example. 
It is said that President Wilford Woodruff loved work. To him, it was a blessing, a privilege. To sweat was a divine command, so as to pray. We are inspired by our current prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, and his commitment to draw, to work, to draw close to our Heavenly Father for revelation, to continue to work and have energy even at 94, 95 years old, and to sweat <clears throat> or to endure to the end. We live in a strange day. Evil is called good and good is called evil. Due to the innovations and in technology, we can live life without hard work. And to some work, and to some work is a natural enemy. Today, I would like to propose that whatever the obstacles, hard work has benefits and the benefits that should not be overlooked or avoided. As they say in the Marines, no one ever drowned from sweat. We need a, a revival in our work ethic. For many, I'm preaching to the choir, but sometimes even the hardest workers get discouraged and become distracted. I hope this talk is a dose of just do it for the day. As it says in the Bible, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Have you ever had a job you hated? Have you ever had a job you loved? I've had both. I loved playing basketball. Stretching, lifting weights, plyometrics, analytics, watching video, massages, cold baths, injuries, teammates, coaches, fans, practices, playing defense, running up and down the court, shooting games, locker rooms, traveling, team dinners, dunking, and game winners. Had the opportunity to be drafted in the 2003 draft along with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, at rookie camp, my teammate was Luke Walton and had the opportunity to play with the best of the best. I've also had jobs I hated. My dad owned, a hand, owned an insulation comp, company called Hanson Insulation. As I grew up, I had the opportunity to blow insulation in attics, one of the greatest, most beautiful jobs in the world. I hated insulation. I hated installing insulation, hoppers, 120-degree attics, sore arms, staple guns, VizQueen R19, crawl spaces, spraying, taping, ladders, and relentless itchiness. We all have or will have jobs you either love or hate. In the end, they are all good for us. They are for our benefit and will help us progress. If we choose to give our best and to work hard. To help you motivate or to help motivate you today about hard work, allow me to share these five benefits for hard work by Jason Poquette. Hard work builds character. We're living in the midst of a character crisis. If we can't have something in five minutes, we don't want it. And if getting it is hard, forget it. But hard work builds character. You learn discipline, you learn focus, you learn to manage your time and your resources. You learn to ignore the critics who are telling you you can't be done. Don't be a quitter. Quitting is easy. Giving up is easy. But easy never builds character. Strong character is built the same way strong muscles are built. Hard work. Success, you see, isn't the greatest reward of hard work. Character is the greatest reward. Former Major League Baseball player for the White Sox and the Blue Jays, Samuel Ewing, put it this way. Hard work spotlight, spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves, 
Some turn up their noses and some don't turn up at all. Hard work gets results. Number two, hard work always accomplishes something. It might be that you learn something. It might be that you build something. It might be that you change something. But hard work always gets results. It has been said that some people dream of success while, while others wake up and work hard to get it. Laziness doesn't result in anything but wasted time and resources. Do you want to see something happen? Work hard. I like Abraham Lincoln in his quote, things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Number three, hard work draws attention. Do you want to get noticed? Work hard. The diligent stand out. We live in a culture that increasingly encourages and fosters minimal effort. Do you want to turn some heads today? Give 110% effort in whatever you are doing. It doesn't matter how many talents you have or what you are called to do, do it with passion. Give it your heart, and soon the world will be watching. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, if a man is called a street sweeper, he should sweep the streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep the streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Number four, hard work brings new opportunities. In Doctrine and Covenants 88, verses 118, we learned that hard work and education opens doors. The lazy complained about the lack of luck. Thomas Jefferson said, I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. Those who work hard find new opportunities, always presenting themselves. Hard work is like an opportunity magnet. Sometimes these opportunities just seem to be out of thin air. Other times they come through new acquaintances, and often they're a result of greater insights and understanding that hard work produced. Whatever the manner, hard work is usually the cause. Thomas Edison's famous words are relevant to this point. Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Number five, hard work blesses others. No lasting benefit to mankind is achieved without hard work. The second greatest commandment is to love our neighbors as ourselves. We typically work hard to please ourselves. We should work hard and even harder to please others, to bless others and to help others. We work hard and don't worry about who gets the credit. We work hard and the world is blessed. Such individuals are few and far between. Now it isn't always, to push your, it isn't always easy to push yourself. That is why our Heavenly Father gave us mothers. Our oldest child is named Ryder. He turned 16 years old in January, the 23rd of January of this year. He is a wonderful son, older brother, priesthood holder, student, and basketball player. But when he turned 16, he had no desire or urgency to get his driver's license. He had older friends who drove and a mother who was kind enough to continue to take him where he needed to go. Maybe he was scared Maybe he had fear of the unknown, or just maybe he didn't want to do the work. Until one day, his mother followed an intuition, a whisper, that said, push him. Ryder's mom gave him the ultimatum that he would get his driver's license or lose privileges, maybe even an iPhone. 
She pushed him to be better, to do hard things, to work. She went late at night on long drives so he could get his hours of driving in. She pushed him to talk to his driver's ed teacher and instructor to set up the time for roading and to take the state exam. Yesterday, Ryder got his driver's license. And upon receiving it, he gave his mother a big hug and said, thank you for pushing me to work hard and to just do it. What are some of the things that you were asked to do as a student, faculty member, parent, son, daughter of our Heavenly Father, or earthly parents, or even a priest in my home ward where I have the opportunity to serve as, as a local bishop? The priests are asked to bless the sacrament, to visit those who do not or who cannot attend sacrament and church meetings. They are asked to show up for church, to be and stay worthy, and much more. 95% of what we ask them to do, they don't love to do. But somewhere in there is discipline, and they discipline themselves to do even that which they would rather not. To do the things you are asked to do, you must find your why or the value behind why you are asked to do it. It will help you discipline yourself to do them. <clears throat> I've learned a lot from my wife. Um, I am constantly amazed by our Savior, Jesus Christ, and his ability to do the will of the Father. Um, for those of us that that takes a lot to understand and to connect, we can first do what our mothers ask us to do. My mother died of pancreatic cancer at the young age of 44 years old. I was 18 years old at the time. The last thing my mom ever asked me to do was to serve a mission. And I don't know if I had decided to serve a mission until she asked me. And I did what my mom asked me to do, and I served a mission. There have been many times where I may not have wanted to do what my, my wife asked me to do, but I've learned to do it. And I thought she was right 99% of the time, but I'm pretty sure she's right 100% of the time after 18 years of marriage. One of my favorite stories about my sweet wife um, <clears throat> is years ago, Lurie and I moved to Moscow, Russia to play professional basketball. We felt, we felt prompted to go despite of our limited knowledge of the country and the team. While living in Moscow, we heard the whispers telling us to have more children that Ryder needed a brother or sister. And having both come from large families, myself, a family of five children and her six, we were excited. Although after many miscarriages and two failed infertility attempts, our hearts were broken. My wife, who is the most compassionate, empathetic, most Christ-like person I have ever met, knows what to do when times are tough, when you have challenges. She read her scriptures. She was reading in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. While reading her thoughts, while reading the scripture, her thoughts were led to know that we were not in Russia for just basketball, that we were there to bless the lives and to serve and to work and to make a difference. She began researching children in Russia and found that over 600,000 
children in Russia are orphans and called social orphans because their parents are deemed unfit to raise them due to alcohol and drugs. These orphans are taken from their families, but there are no foster care and there's no structure. They're taken to hospitals where there is limited care and limited structure. We begin trying to volunteer, take onesies and diapers and formula to these hospitals. And we're turned down many times or they uh, take what we'd give them and sell it on the street the next day. After perseverance and a relentlessness and the ability to listen to the whispers of the spirit, we found a hospital 45 minutes outside Moscow in Lubirtsi, Russia. And the director of the hospital was named Tatiana, who is now a close friend. After much due diligence and hard work, we were, we were able to remodel a portion of that hospital with new blood analysis and urine analysis machines with uh, antibiotic machines. We teased that it looked like World War II and now it looks like Chuck E. Cheese. Um, through that experience, we were able to bless the lives of a young boy named Artem who needed a liver transplant. We were able to start a foundation which now has 10 children's centers around the world in Nepal, Thailand, China, Africa, Nicaragua, Panama, Dominican Republic, and soon Peru, all from a young, sweet daughter of our Heavenly Father that listened to the whispers of the Spirit. The new, when you have challenges, you knew where to go to find them. <clears throat> Something much larger has come from that experience. We filed our adoption papers and we got pregnant with little Mason. We continued down the path and we adopted Hallie. Then we, out of surprise, had Zach and out of even more surprise, had Gwen. You could not connect the dots forward, but only backwards. I had the opportunity to serve in Chile Santiago West mission, where my mission president is Rolly Walker, farmer from Idaho Falls. His young boy named McNeil Walker went on uh, visits with us when he was prime age of seven, eight years old, a cute little blonde boy who'd become a really good friend. Recently, three years ago, he'd uh, returned from a mission to Mexico and knew how to work. And he, had a, he has a red barn property, 10 acres, where they plant and, and uh, harvest pumpkins for the community, hay rides, trampolines, and different things to bless the lives of others. As McNeil arrived home and less than six months after returning home, he was driving down the highway in his tractor when a semi-driver who was texting drove by and hit him. As the tractor tumbled over, McNeil lost his life. My wife and I had the opportunity to attend his funeral and, and to be with the Walker family. His older sister, Shalise, said this at his funeral. Exactly one year ago today, McNeil opened up his laptop. Two days before he died and took some time for quiet contemplation and pondering, the day after he passed away, we opened up that same laptop and his roommate happened to know the password. McNeil was 21 years old. You can imagine what you'd find on a boy that age's laptop. As my brother-in-law opened up the laptop, a look of astonishment came across his face and tears began to flow freely. 
This is what we found on the 21-year-old's laptop. It was a Word document that he had failed to close because no doubt he wasn't finished dreaming. This was what was on his mind two days before he died. This is what was he was working on one year ago tonight. One need only to read it to know what kind of man McNeil was. It was entitled, My Goals and Things I Want to Learn and Do and Skills I Want to Develop. Go to the gym and work every day and work hard. Learn how to play the piano. Get good at yoga three times a week. Learn how to trade different stocks and do it good. Understand the best diet to have and do it. Learn to tie knots. Learn how to fly fish. Write down and actually look into all the companies and ideas I have and make it happen. Learn to code. Learn about interesting historical events, World War I, World War II, Civil War, Romans, Chinese. Learn how to use computers very well. Go take Mac classes. Get into early morning swimming. Learn to skateboard. Learn how to make bread. Great bread. Contract out stores for the pumpkin patch. Learn about plastic and water companies. Research the ozone. Learn to cook multiple st staple dishes, 10 at least, especially if Elder Holland comes to visit. Learn basic engine and electrical and plumbing skills. Study the scriptures every day. Study a Christ-like attribute every day of a few minutes at least. Go to the temple once every two weeks. Learn good penmanship, calligraphy. Stop looking at social media very much. Once every four hours is fine. Stay more on top of the pumpkin patch. And even a month in advance, pay my tithing always. Never talk bad about others. Only be honest but loving. Don't be a gossiper and talk about what you don't know about others. Be the one to say something nice. Study leadership. Leaders like Caesar, Washington, the chief, successful people. Read a book every two months at least. Don't just search to make out. Search for an elite woman and make things happen respectfully. Do a tough mutter. Learn basic sewing. Write in my journal every day. Keep a book of my favorite quotes. Learn to cut men's hair, straight hair, fades, good cuts. Get good at wakeboarding and snowboarding. Learn, to back, learn about backpacking, camping, and other outdoor things. Learn about the farms and my dad's businesses. Take time for it. Always be loving to my mom. Meditate every day for 30 minutes. Go on a dates at least twice a week. May we all dream like McNeil and strive to be better every day. Such a great example of a young man that had so many dreams and a plan to do so many different things and a man that knew how to work hard. We miss little McNeil. Our Savior was the perfect example of hard work. He was disciplined and completely committed to the will of the Father. He blessed each of us and our lives and those that we love in so many ways. And we all watched as he was able to accomplish his mission on earth. We watched as he allowed himself to be crucified. While that was the darkest day on earth, it was the brightest day in heaven. And we were all there cheering, hoping that he could accomplish his mission. And now the roles are reversed. And he, angels and our ancestors and those that we love are cheering, hoping, watching that we, each one of us, are able to accomplish our mission here on earth. With a lot of hard work, humility, and listening to the spirits, to the spirit of our Holy Ghost that so many of us are blessed with, we can do it and we can help others do the same. Brothers and sisters, I know 
Those are two most important things we can do to ourselves and for ourselves and for our children is to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and learn honest labor. When we, when we set goals, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we change. When we have a focus and we write down our goals, as Elder Uchtdorf said, a goal not written down is only a wish. That when you put it on the back of your door, that when you set traps and tell your parents and you tell your friends and tell your teachers what you want to accomplish, that they will help you accomplish those things. That when you pray to your Heavenly Father, that He will help you accomplish the things that you want to do in your life uh, through your righteous desires. Brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful to be here today. I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to be part of the gospel, to repent, to change. I was a 2.7 GPA student. I went to Utah Valley University because I was a Prop 48. I, I got 32 on my ACT. Well, if you count twice. <laughs> I was a terrible student, but success has two C's in it. And I was a C student. But I've been able to fight, and I've been able to learn to work hard, and I've surrounded myself with phenomenal, amazing, great mentors, including my wife, that I listen to. I've been able to surround myself with people through audiobooks for what I listen to and what I watch. Amazing people who I want to be like and who I want to emulate. Brothers and sisters, you can have success. When Satan says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not tall enough, you're not strong enough, you're balding, whatever he says, don't listen to him. The Heavenly Father says that you are strong, that you are capable, that you are amazing, and then go tell someone else. We are here on earth to make mistakes and to repent and then help others do the same. I'm so thankful for the Book of Mormon. I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father that continues to give me so many blessings in my life. I don't think I've given due credit to him and all he's blessed me with. I'm thankful for good parents and good friends and influences. I'm so, so very thankful for the ability to create and to have children, the joy they bring us in our lives is just, words can't describe. I'm so thankful for our Savior, for his wonderful, perfect, amazing example and all he accomplished that I can just a little bit try to be like him is my goal. And I say this in the name of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.